Welcome to the Top Order podcast. On this week in cricket, we have a look at cricketing news all around the world. We've got the CPL, we've got the England-Australia T20 series just kicked off. But then we move on to our IPL preview. Kicking off on the 16th of September, Sharjah, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, the stadiums. 50% crowds apparently, so we're going to get some real fan noise in those stadiums. All coming up on the Top Order podcast after the swish. So for those of you who don't know the way that a podcast is put together, what happens normally is Raj gives me a couple of throwdowns so I can get right on the intro music. I've just recorded an absolutely amazing first take, but I've got a date wrong. So the IPL actually kicks off on the 19th. So I cannot be called one take at Binksy this week. Um, I was kind of put off by this canary yellow to my left, to be perfectly it's honest. It's fantastic. It is, and it's an absolute abomination. But anyway, let's start off with this week in cricket. Lippy, I'm going to come to you first. What do you want to What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I think we're sort of just planning to do a pretty quick news reel here, really, of, uh, of what's gone on this week, because we really want to get to this IPL stuff. But uh, it's probably worth mentioning, I guess, for New Zealand fans, we've had... Gary Stead's been renewed for for three years. The probably the biggest takeaway for me out of all of this is just the reaction on on social has been really negative. I um you know I, I guess I'm the wrong person here, obviously knowing Gary, but I just feel like how long his, did he have left on his contract anyway? So it was supposed to expire after the T20 World Cup. He yeah. had a, a yeah whatever it was two or three year deal that was supposed to run to the end of that tournament. And then, yeah, they've they've been saying they've been in talks for a while. Uh, all signs were pointing towards him being renewed. Uh, so maybe you know, I don't know what the, you know, whether they even had uh, interviews for anybody else. I don't imagine so. Uh, but I guess just yes, yeah, really surprising. And I'm interested in your point of view on why. Like to me, the the actual numbers. Obviously, that Aussie tour was an absolute disaster. He got a lot of backlash for taking the holiday. Uh, but apart from that, you can't argue with the numbers. No, you you absolutely can't. He's missed out on that distillery tour as well on that um, yeah, ODI with tour. Raj. Yeah, so <laughs> that that must have been. Yeah, you know, he must want to get that in in the future tours program. But yeah, like you say, the numbers are there, aren't they? And the World Cup campaign, obviously, a really successful series against England in the home summer. You know, New Zealand looked the goods. I thought, um, apart from obviously going over to Australia, but there's plenty of people who've got their asses handed to them in Australia. So, yeah, no shame in that. Yeah, very, very hard to beat in New Zealand. I think you're right. Gary Stead's numbers sort of speak for themselves. The interesting thing we did talk about earlier was there was a little bit of discussion about Kane Williamson and uh, Gary Stead not seeing eye to eye, but I think we can put that to bed with this sort of... Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's... They they had Kane in the initial panel when they hired Steady. I feel like he wouldn't get the job if there was that much tension between your best player and your coach. I don't think you continue that relationship. And it would have been a pretty easy way to get out of it if they wanted to. So, I've, yeah, I feel like things must be as they're saying they are. Mm. You know, three years, and three years is kind of a long time as well. Um, it takes them through to the next, the end of the next World Cup, 2023. So, yeah, it's it's for me, it's, it's the right length of time because now it gives them time hopefully for them all to build and I guess work towards that squad as we touched on that's kind of New Zealand's big thing is working towards those World Cups so mm. Baldy what about you? Well a quick uh, Caribbean Premier League update from me my St Kitts and Nevis Patriots were lucky to get away with a no result the other night against uh, I think your Jamaica Talawas uh, but other than that very little success. Provided the highlight of the tournament though with, uh, yeah, with ben, ben Dunk. Ben Dunk sprint across the field 
in the middle of the puddles, a real a duck to water, Ben Dunk. But uh, I mean, a, a dunk to water. A dunk to water. Yeah. <laughs> We're on fire here today. Um, but Raj, your Trinbago Night Riders are really looking odds on to to win the final nine and oh, and haven't really looked like going down yet. Uh, Stuart, your Guyana Amazon Warrior Warriors are now six and four, coming and, good at the right time. Yeah. I heard uh, Naveen Huck and the, the press uh, pre press conference afterwards saying, you know, you you don't want to be on a roll at the start of the tournament. You want to be on a roll at the end. And yeah, I, I said to you offline, Chris Green, I've been really impressed with him hearing him talk. Young guy captaining that side, and um, mm. yeah, just feels like he's he's got a lot of maturity on his shoulders. Yeah, yep. a good win for the Tridents today, actually, against mm-hmm. my Talawa. So yep, that it, keeps them in the hunt for fourth spot. But then they've got to play Trinbago in the first semi-final, and they're going to get handed it to them. So just some of those guys, they are, even you know, we, we uh, we've had the England Pakistan series, and we've seen Hafiz just go crazy. And uh, in, in the CPL, we've got people like Kieran Pol- Pollard, who you know they've been around for so long. But they just keep delivering and just delivering and delivering and delivering. It's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely come on to Pollard and, and others in that IPL preview. Mm. Massive lack of research by, up from me here. Do the, do the guys that are playing in the CPL that are off to the IPL, do they complete the CPL tournament, the likes of Russell and Pollard? Or? They do complete it. And then, and uh, then it appears away. that they can go straight in from, yep. from all reports. I think there's been some question early on whether they were able to go in without quarantining, but it sounds like... Yeah, it sounds like they'll be able to now. Yeah, so the final's on the 10th, the IPL kicks off on the 19th, so they'll have just enough travel time, even if they have a couple of days in quarantine, to get into the squad. You'd think that they've been tested quite thoroughly throughout this whole thing. It'll just be the transit that will be the window of opportunity there, and as long as they look after themselves there, they'll be okay. Um, But yeah. It seems like it's the same now. They're doing the same with the English and Aussie guys that are going from there. So uh, yeah, initially at the start of all of that, they were saying, oh no, you know, you're going to have to come in and quarantine. And there was talk of Warner and all those guys missing out on the start of that tournament. But it sounds like, yeah, now they'll just be able to go straight in, which is great and probably leads nicely onto that game last night, England-Australia. How did how did Australia lose that, Baldy? I still don't know. I, well, actually, <laughs> we talked about this some time ago, the, the lack of depth in Australia's middle-order batting. Mm. We talked about it a while ago. Could we find an answer? We haven't yet. All the right names are there. They just haven't performed. So... From none for 98 at the end of the 10th over when Finch was dismissed to be all out 160. Effectively, they needed 60 runs off 54 balls at that point. A runner ball with mm. nine wickets in hand should be a cakewalk, but Australia have managed to bottle it. All the, For me, the right people are in that side now. They're yeah. just underperforming. So the, Agar at seven, I, I, I've feared as if you might be one batter bat short. A batter mm. short. Yep. Um, you know, Carey at seven potentially. Um, with someone else in that order. I mean, D- Darcy Short was in the last squad. He's mm-hmm. missed out on this. So you've got some you know, some guys that have had some form in certainly your domestic BBL stuff that yeah. haven't made the plane. And it's a big squad as well, 21 players or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's guys like Wade who are knocking on the door. Josh Philippe as well, I think, will get a run. So Alex Carey has had quite a lean trot in ODI cricket for a little while now. He's an excellent, excellent cricketer. I expect him to be the new, the next test wicketkeeper uh, when Tim Payne retires, but I think he's just in a little bit of a form slump right now, and I think it's probably the right time for Australia to have a look at Josh Philippe. He might end up batting at six, which isn't his ideal position, but I think it's a good opportunity to have a look at him because in that lineup, there's lots and lots of match winners, but they just aren't coming off at the moment. But they will. I mean, Maxwell's got runs in the warm-up game. Stoinis is a good player. He performed 
not as well, I think, under pressure as he would have liked to, but they'll bounce back from that. But I think the most of that side is correct. Yeah, balance notwithstanding. And, and that, that's what I wanted to actually bring up, the balance. Yep. Like, you look at that team, when you've got Maxwell and Stoinis in the top five, do, do, you, do you need that extra bowler that you've got on that side? Yep. Surely those two can, can bowl a, a bowler set between them. Yeah. The lack of finishing, I think, is the problem for me in 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 Australia. Like they've got lots of top order players. All those guys are top order bats. Warner, Finch, Smith, Stoinis, Labuschagne's not there. Um, Philippe is an opening bat. All those guys are opening bats. Wade opens for Hobart. They've got no guys who come in from five to seven and can score runs. I looked at a couple of stats. Australia are last in fours and sixes hit per ball in five to seven in the last two years in T20 cricket mm. across all nations. So they really have to sort that out if they're going to be a force in India for the T20 World Cup next year. That's a good start. I like that. On, on the mm. England side, I, I think it's worth shouting out David Milan. I, I, um, I have to say I didn't really even kind of register him as sort of one of the top guys in, in, in T20 cricket, but eight fifties from uh, his first 14 T20s is very, very, very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, going to make it very difficult when Stokes comes back into the reckoning. Jason Roy comes back into the reckoning potentially as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to whisper it very, very quietly, but maybe Stokes isn't you know going to have that much of an impact in T20 cricket as he does in Test cricket and ODI cricket. He does take a little while to get going with the bat and certainly will catch his strike rates up. You'd suggest, but you know, maybe you know, maybe he's not the three format player if you want to kind of get the most out of him and Joe Root's obviously sitting on the sidelines at the moment as well which I find strange given obviously his success in that Indian um, World Cup campaign uh, you know if it wasn't for Mr Brathwaite in the, that final route would have you know certainly been probably man of the match in that game mm. um, very very good player of spin so mm. you know I think he potentially looks to come back into that reckoning and I like the look of Banton I really do I, he's just got a little bit of swagger about him mm -hmm. you know um, again, whisper it quietly, but there's a little bit of KP in him, I think. Um, and that's not just because he uses an Adidas cricket bat. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I think and to, as much as I'm delighted to see Australia, you know, choke on that game. Thanks. It, it's uh, it, it's one game, isn't it? And I think there's got to be a lot to, uh, to be said for the fact that they haven't played for ages. Yeah. You know, all those guys in England are coming in fresh as much as, you know, as much as they still should have won that game, there's nothing. And England are a good have. England are a good side. Exactly. They're like they're stacked. They've got they've got op betting options coming out their ears. They've got guys on the bench who are going to perform for them. They've got lots of bowling options. Excellent death bowling options. Yep. Jordan, Jordan, I love watching him bowl at the death. He is awesome. David like, Willey's not even playing mm -hmm. in yeah, the squad. I like Jordan. I'm not convinced on Tom Curran to be honest. Yeah. He looks yeah, he looks slappable at times to me. So. That that's yeah potentially. Wood was bowling rapid yesterday. Yeah, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, that was that was exciting as well. Going to be fun. What's your what's your uh, this weekend cricket? Oh, thanks for asking, Raj. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that so, was very smooth. Yeah, very, very smooth. as silk as they say. And um, look, I just wanted to give a shout out. So, uh, notwithstanding, Jimmy Anderson was in that two thousand and five Ashes squad. Um, so I think it was twelfth man for the first four tests but ian bell has announced his impending retirement at the end of this english first class season there's a few players that are kind of you know announcing that probably in light of covid and you know the cricket that's not being played graham onions has hung up the boots as well but ian bell 118 test matches 46 50s 2200s 
got criticised pretty early in his career that he didn't score hundreds, you know, no, when no one else scored hundreds. But I think certainly silenced those critics in that 2013 Ashes series against Australia. Um, you know, a couple of comebacks as well where, you know, he, he got left out of the side, went away and worked really, really hard. And certainly there's not too many people prettier than him with a with a cover drive in the in the game. So yeah, shout out to the last remaining remnant of that two thousand and five series which brought so much pleasure to so many people. <laughs> oh, he's a hell of a cricketer. I mean, anytime you get a special nickname from Shane Warne, you know you've done something right on the cricket field. So hats off to the Shermanator. He's had a fantastic career and and he's been doing pretty well in first class cricket. The runs are certainly there for him. So uh, I think he goes out at the right time and and well played to him and a great career. Well, that wraps up this week in cricket for another week. We will be back after the very, very short break with our IPL preview. Welcome back to the pod. So we're going to talk about our IPL preview. So as always, when we've got these kind of tournaments going on, we go to our resident format explainer, Mr. Michael Baldwin. Baldwin, how does it all work? IPL 13 is not going to be played in India this year. It will be played in the United Arab Emirates for COVID reasons. So matches will take place at three grounds and three grounds only in Dubai and the Dubai International Cricket Cricket Stadium, uh, Sharjah's Cricket Stadium in Sharjah and the Sheikh Zayed Cricket Stadium in Abu Dhabi. So just the three venues for this tournament. Lots of rotation of, of wickets and the groundsmen will be super busy preparing those wickets over and over again for those tournaments. There will be games on every day. It's only a short tournament so it begins on the 19th of September on the Saturday and the final is on November the 10th. So just under two months for that tournament but they're going to get almost 60 games in so every team will play each other twice eight teams as per last year and the finals is a little bit uh, complex so bear with me so the first and second Rah. place yeah so bear with me <laughs> oh, I, I did not expect that <laughs> I, was just, I was just bearing with him very good okay you and i standing next to each other is not working for this episode <laughs> we have to switch something up for next episode but so qualifier one team one and team two or, or first and second place finishers will meet in qualifier one the winner goes straight to the final the loser gets a second chance so third and fourth place sides will face off in a do or die, winner takes all, um, eliminate a match, and that winner of that will play the loser of one and two for the right to go into the final and be beaten by uh, my Mumbai Indians, which we'll get to later on. Um, and so that's that's the tournament in a nutshell. Same teams as last year, and we'll go through them and give them a good running through as we get on to the, through the program. And we've got crowds, or we might have crowds. We may have crowds, so will spectators be allowed? The ECB, the Emirates Cricket Board, has... They've got got that name from somewhere. <laughs> they have. I think they've borrowed it from somebody. But naming rights aside, they've stated their intention to fill the grounds with up to 50%. So some of those grounds have up to 25,000 people. Some of them have only 12, so it will depend on the ground capacity. But we could see up to 12,500 people in the venue, which I think will benefit some sides more so than others to, to have fans in the ground even though traditionally when we've had games in the UAE, the attendances haven't been that spectacular. But for a tournament like the IPL, maybe we'll see money come out. Maybe we'll see lots of, um, you know, the creme de la creme of, of UAE society attending, which would be good to see. And do we know where we can watch it in New Zealand? Who's got the rights? Sky Sports have the rights in New Zealand, yeah. Yep, yep. Good so up. you'll find it there. Well, I won't at the moment, but I, I may have to rectify <laughs> that if I want to watch the, watch the tournament. So let's have a little bit of a chat about the teams that are going to be contesting. So same teams as last year's tournament. We'll start, I think, with you, Lippy, and your Chennai Super Kings. 
Yeah, so I th- we thought we'd sort of structure this uh, this chat with really we'd introduce sort of a big question that each team really has to answer. We'll tell you why we think our team can win, uh, and then we'll sort of run through the key players, key local player, and, and sort of one X-factor player that can kind of change things for them. So I guess the big thing for me for the Chennai Super Kings is they've had such a disrupted start to the tournament. They had 12 or 13 people from their squad, uh, collection of, of uh, players, test positive for COVID. That meant they had to spend an extra few days in, in quarantine. One of those was Deepak Jahar, who's an Indian player, and then they've had Rutaraj Gaikwad as well, who's a young Indian player, who we, I will touch on later. Uh, I am quite excited to see him play. And, and they are still in isolation, so they can't train yet and yeah, it's going to be uh, another few days before they can. They just came out as well to uh, actually train, so they're, they're finally out of their hotels. But it's been such a disruption. On top of that, Suresh Rayner has gone home uh, for family reasons, tragedy in his family. Uh, it's yeah a big deal. And then Harbhajan as well recently in the last couple of days. So Suresh Rayner, I think, is a much bigger loss than Harbhajan will, we, will be, which uh, we'll get to in a minute because of just the, the depth that they have in the spin bowling. But such a, a disruption to their squad is, is going to be difficult for them to overcome. Uh, the reason why I think that that potentially doesn't matter, and, and Mike Hussey talked about it earlier on, they've got such an experienced side and they've got such sort of calm leadership in front of with Dhoni and uh, Stephen Fleming you know, even Michael Hussey himself, the fact that those guys have been in those big games, they've they've got all these guys that have just done the job. They've got players like Shane Watson, uh, Dwayne Bravo. Dwayne Bravo, he's got 500 T20 wickets, he, and it's 100 more than anyone else has in all of T20 cricket. So these are the kind of calibre of players, Faf Duplessis, Imran Tahir, Ravindra Jadeja. All these guys have been in these big moments. They're not going to be worried about this, this disruption, they'll be out there and they know how to win. You know, they've, they won uh, in 2010, 2011, 2018. They lost by one run in the final last year. They're going to be there, there or thereabouts for me, even with all of this disruption. They've got such great balance in their side. They've got Faf, Shane Watson, Yadav, Ryadu, Dhoni. And then, yeah, I think Gaikwad could be a, a sort of important player, uh, which sort of leads me to, to the local player. I think he'll be an important player to watch for them coming in for Suresh Rayner, perhaps. It'll all depend, and I think it's going to depend on, for all of these squads, what the balance of their overseas players are and, and who they sort of choose to, to use. But, you know, you've got that depth in batting. You've got Bravo, Jadeja, Sam Curran as their all-rounders. You've got Tahir, Jadeja, Santna, Puyash Chala, Sai Kishore, a young Indian player in their spin department. So they're just stacked everywhere. Ngidi, Hazelwood, Chahar, Takur as their seamers so absolutely stacked squad and, and I think they'll be they'll be right there in the, the playoffs but the, the key player to me and the, the X factor that can sort of change their tournament is Ravindra Dadeja uh, I just whenever he is batting I mean we talked about it when we were sitting there watching that India semi-final when he is there he sort of has that scary feeling for me as an opposition player much like Dhoni has when he's there, I think, oh no, they can still win. Like he can score quickly. He's so perfectly suited to T20 cricket. He's like an explosive batsman. He bowls really, really tight lines. I just think he's not gonna... to mention his fielding. I mean, he is a gu- you know he's a gun in all three format, all three departments, isn't he? 
Exactly. He's got that sort of, you can't control him, you can't put the shackles on him. No. You can just break them at any time he wants. Yep. Do you think Santner gets anywhere near that side, or is he there to, you know, mix the mix the Gatorade and collect up the COVID swabs? Well, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's you look through the the T twenty list of you know best bowlers. He's in the, he's sixth, I think, Santner. And you've got other guys. Like I think nine out of the top ten T twenty bowlers are spinners, which is it's remarkable to think of how the game has changed. And, and initially, T twenty cricket was. Oh, you can't bowl spin because they're just going to get tonked everywhere. And now they're just dominating the 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 game. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know because Tahir's got that experience. Tahir's been you know been there, done it for them. You've got Jadeja already. You've got Puyas Chawla, so excellent Indian. He's, he's good Indian league spinner. So it's really good. and to, I think really they're going to have to use their the, their one weakness to me is their batting. Now Rain is not there. He's a big loss to them because he's an Indian local player. Mm-hmm. You take those runs out, you're almost going to have to now play Watson and Faf, I think, mm-hmm. and and you're probably going to then have Bravo, and then I don't, you know, then and you've got one you've, to pick from. If you play Tahir, then you can't play Santner as well, right? And and there's Sam Curran, there's Ngidi, there's Hazelwood. Like it's really, really tough for them. So that balance of the side things is going to be a big thing for them. And I find it interesting just looking at their spin bowling department. They 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 have spent a lot of money on those spin bowlers. Jadeja, Khan Sharma, who I I don't I haven't seen him play, but he's getting paid a lot. Mm. Um, Tahir is the by by far the the cheapest mm. option out of those uh, from what they've paid him. So he might not even get a go. You're right. Yeah, and look, I mean. You know, I, I think I've mainly said it all. I think Gaikwad is is really a player that I that I think could be someone we have to watch. Uh, obviously, you know, COVID depending and 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 opportunity depending, mm. uh, they might go with uh, you know Faf Watson, Yadav, Raidu, Doni as their top kind of five. They could play someone like Sam Curran uh, and get him up the order as well, and Bravo Jadeja, and then then you yeah, maybe you don't need an, another batter. Uh, but yeah, I I think he'd be an exciting one to to watch. He's only twenty two, played well for India A uh, and has really sat on the sidelines in 2019 and hasn't had a chance yet. Yeah, I guess all your squad are going to get a gig, aren't they? The game's come thick and fast, so mm. I think there's going to need to be a little bit of rotation. And I think the wickets, it's, it's always going to be an interesting one as well, just playing at the three stadiums. Bordy mentioned it in his preview, you know, a lot of work for those groundsmen to get those wickets up. And they're, they're typically pretty slow, low, mm-hmm. Um, relatively attritional wickets. Yeah, yep. they're gonna. I'd imagine have to get the glue out on a lot of them and, and kind of keep them together um, as they go through the tournament. Um, yeah, Baldy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I had a look at the scores, the average scores, and the and the history of T Twenty cricket at those three venues, and there isn't a lot of high scoring cricket that goes on. I think across the three venues, only a few scores up over two hundred. Lots of scores in that one forty to one sixty range. So runs are going to be at a premium. And if the wickets are slow, and there has been talk that the wickets will take turn in the UAE for the for the IPL, spin depth and and the ability for spinners to control the game is going to be really important. Yeah, and and that's why that's why I think they'll be there thereabouts the squad. They've just got such good depth there with mm. yeah as we as we've mentioned those guys and 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 Jadeja just key and he's just oh, I just can't he's so hard to get away Jadeja. And Sentner does a similar thing. So yeah, the two of them could be tough to bowl. So did you have a prediction for for these guys? Uh, I th- I think they'll be in the I think they'll be in the playoffs. It's sort of a playoff lock is is kind of what I think. I would have I would say uh, yeah. There's there's a team 
out of all of these that I won't spoil it, but I, I think is on paper uh, above the rest. But um, yeah, I think they'll be you know in the two or three range, two, three, four, somewhere in there. I'd be very surprised if the squad doesn't make the playoffs. What about fantasy cricket, Stu? Who have you got your eye on for fantasy cricket for the IPL for for the Chennai Super Kings? Well, uh, always to me that kind of stuff is your all round, isn't? It? And that's where Jadeja again would would be me. Binks even mentioned the fielding, you know. He you can't just can't keep him out of the game, and if he's fit, he's gonna he's gonna get you his numbers probably, no matter what he does, because you know that he's gonna bowl, you know that he's probably gonna come in, he hits boundaries, and he's yeah he's, he'll probably get you a catch in the field as well. He's just got to be careful not to dislocate that shoulder with that big whirling bat celebration, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, just get to just get forties at the end, finish a roll. Who's got the Delhi Capitals? Baldy. Yep, I've got the Delhi Capitals knee daredevil. So uh, the key one for me just straight off the bat, is the withdrawal of both Jason Roy and Chris Wokes from the squad, two key players from England who won't feature in the tournament at this point. Um, so the local talent is going to have to really step up, and the the local trio of Darwin, Iyer, and Punt will become vital to them being able to set defendable totals for their spinners and their, and their bowling attack, which is reasonable uh, to be able to defend. So for me, spin, I think, is going to play a massive part in this tournament. And if we want to be holding a spin trump card for the Delhi Capitals, Ra Ashwin is the man that you want. He's the trump card that you want to be holding. The question for me around spin is who supports him? I think the Nepalese spinner, um, Sandeep Lamashane, uh, will feature in the tournament. Uh, even though he's technically an overseas player, I think he's probably the best of the spinners that support uh, Ravi Ashwin in that team. Um, but then you have a look at their their batting lineup. So their batting is very strong. Uh, Sticker Darwan and Prithvi Shaw will probably open the batting, although Marcus Stoinis may find himself at the top of the order. Then you've got Shreyas Iyer, who's their captain, who I think is going to be massive for the he Delhi was Capitals. So impressive in New Zealand here. I was, yep, man, yeah. he, he looked amazing. He's a superstar in the making. Yeah. Then you've got Rahane and Punt um, in that middle order. So there is lots of batting there. I don't actually have. Shimron Hetmeyer, who's the leading run scorer in the CPL at the moment and their key batting signing, I don't have him in their top six at this point, mm. but he could force his way into that side depending on balance. Not to mention uh, 7.75 crore, which is a US 1.1 million salary. So Big the signing. highest salary of the batters in that lineup as well. Yep. And one the captain. So and and so the so the key one for me is again how you use your international players. So I've got Lamachain, uh, Kagiso Rabada, and Daniel Sams as the key bowlers in that attack, and I've used those three as the as the three um, import players in their bowling department. So you know for me, Shreyas Iyer has got to has got to be the leader both as a captain and as a, as a run scorer for that team. Um, but I think they will they will travel as Rishabh Pant and Prithvi Shaw travels. Those guys have to step up and make runs. They can't get away with those guys having a lean tournament. So it's it's going to be all on them, really. It's exciting, uh, exciting sort of squad, eh? Like those young Indian players, they've really like they could just they could. I feel like they're a team that could just take off and be be awesome. Yeah, I mean they could they could be pushing for a playoff berth. They could find themselves at the bottom. Traditionally, Delhi Capitals haven't had a great, lot of great success as the Daredevils or the Capitals in the IPL. They made the finals last year and finished third, but prior to that, it's been a bit of a bit of a lean trot for them. Um, there's a lot to like about their side. I have question marks over their bowling lineup. Who who comes in with Ashwin, Rabada, and Sams for me is going to be a, a bit of a question. Yeah, the, the thing I like about that squad as well is there's a lot of youth in there. So th they've got a couple of old hands. They've got, you know, the likes of Shikha Darwan, Rahane uh, around the side as well. Yep. But with that youth comes 
a tremendous coach as well in Ricky Ponting. Mm -hmm. I've been so impressed with him as a coach of, you know, in and around this Australian side, the way that he talks when he's doing his media and his punditry now. And I think, you know, he's already sat Ashwin down and talked about, you know, thou shall not mancad and uh, had had a bit of a stern talking to. But look, joking aside on that, I, I think that, you know, the coaching talent in this tournament is absolutely top draw. 100%. But someone like Ponting, who, you know, is one of the more recent players to enter that um, process, if you like, alongside Joe Wadino at the, the Mumbai Indians, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit as well. But yeah, I, I don't think you can underestimate the influence that someone like that's going to have, particularly on some of those younger players. And I, yeah, I, I think they're a real, a real shot. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a dark horse for the tournament. Like I said, they may struggle to make the finals, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're really competing for that three or four spot. Um, I think Ricky Ponting will really benefit this side, not this tournament, but next tournament and the one afterwards. I think mm. his influence on those young players, we'll see it in two or three years' time, maybe not necessarily at this tournament. Do, do you think that the bowling is a bit of a weakness? For, for these guys? I think so on paper. If you look at it on paper, other than Ashwin and Rabada, they've got a bit of a gap there. I mean, Daniel Sams, I think, will feature in the tournament, and I want to talk about him when we talk about fantasy cricket. But other than that, there's Patel Patel and Lalit Yadav, who I think are probably the ones that may feature in that bowling lineup as well. The thing with the batters is, other than Stoinis, I don't see a lot of bowling in that batting lineup. Mm. So they're going to have to find four overs from Stoinis, or they're going to have to play another all rounder. And I don't see a name that, on paper, really leaps out to me as someone who could be a match winner in that middle order. Other sides have those guys. I don't think these guys quite do. You touched on Sam's. Do you, you want to talk about him more? Because I, I'm. I really hope he plays. I loved watching him for the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Sams is an excellent player and he's a good he's a good buy option in either salary cap or auction fantasy league. So he's likely to have a low buy price and he's almost certain to play in that side given the balance of their overseas players. He's also a possible DF, DFS player if you have to have someone to round out your bowling lineup I and mean, you spent all your money on batsmen. He's a really good guy to have in your side. I think he's going to have a really good tournament. He might not. He may not set the world on fire, but I think he'll have a like he'll give a good account of himself. Um, if awesome we, slow ball. Oh, yeah, really good slow ball. He's got a lot of tricks and he's got a lot of skill for a young guy as well. I really like him as a cricketer. I think he's got a bright future. Awesome. I like how you said twenty seven is young. It's, that's excellent. Well, he feels, I mean, like he feels like a young guy. He hasn't been on the scene that much. Yeah, He's no, taken a lot of time yeah. to get onto the international scene. And I think he'll, I think he'll be a good player. Um, can I just talk about fantasy cricket for, for just a little bit before we move on? Um, Floor is yours. Cool. Marcus Stoinis is the man you want, I think, in this side. He dominated the BBL at the top order and, and put up huge numbers. So excellent, I think excellent rig as well. Yes, massive, massive rig. And he could produce bowling points too. He might be expensive in salary cap leagues because he's an opening bat and does bowl, but I think you want to go with him. If you need a bowler, you only need to look at R. Ashwin and Daniel Sams. I don't think you need to go any further than that. And then the remainder of the players are too hit and miss for me to be locked into any fantasy eleven. You can take a punt on Pant, or you could go with uh, Prithvi Shaw if you wanted to. I think you really you're going to have to ride them out and and take them for a long season rather than a DFS player if you're going to go with those guys. If they have a huge tournament, Delhi are going to go well. If they struggle, then Delhi are going to be in a bit of a hole, I think. And just can you talk us through the name change as well from the Daredevils to the Capitals? You know. So so Delhi have decided that they wanted to trade on the fact that Delhi is the capital of India and it's the biggest, you know, place and they didn't have a lot of success with Daredevils, I don't think. So they wanted to trade on, you know, where the where where the big smoke and and we're number one. So they changed the name to the Capitals a couple of years ago. Just on that fantasy thing, do you um do you know how many points it is for a man? Is that class of a run out or a <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not really sure. I won't be picking R. Ashwin on that basis. He will not be in my fantasy side. Actually, I put. I probably shouldn't put that on record because I may need to pick him <laughs> at some point. I don't want to have to go back on my word. Uh, but I have no idea. Uh, I assume it's the same as a run out, not a bold. Well, and certainly look out for the fantasy because we will be publishing our teams, I think, on the social media channels and inviting you guys to play along with us and um, show, as we know, absolutely bugger all about cricket. Nothing. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't seem to be up yet, the, uh, the, the Dream on, 11 on the IPL page. But we once as soon as it is, probably by the time that this is re- released, it'll be up there and, and we'll get it going. Raj, you've got the Kings 11. I do, I do have the uh, Kings 11 Punjab. Uh, captained by KL Rahul and coached by Anil Kumbli. Uh, I guess, let's be honest here, they're probably one of the weaker teams on, on paper. Why have you picked them then? Um, I thought, I'd look. Out of the hat, I think. <laughs> this, the, the tournament's about momentum, not skills, so uh, just got to keep winning. Uh, that's anyway. an interesting theory. <laughs> let's see if that's proved right. Momentum, not skills. Uh, players like uh, Chris Gale, Karun Nair and... KL Rahul, uh, they, they form a sort of a top, formidable top order in the um, batting lineup. Uh, but Chris Gale is 40. That's my big drawback on that. I don't know in terms of consistency what he's been doing uh, lately and what that does is just puts a lot of lot of pressure on your middle order if, if your top order is not consistently going. Uh, guys like Nicholas Poran from the West Indies. Uh, they've also got Glenn Maxwell and Jimmy Neesham uh, in, the, in fulfilling that all-rounder role uh but i think their big big weakness on paper is around their bowling so they've got muhammad shami and sheldon cottrell and chris jordan who who was, who was very good as well but I, th- I think they're just going to be uh, just just a bit off the pace with the with their bowling lineup there number two number two t20 bowler in the world mujib mujib yes i i just i don't i don't know if they're going to have it you know to keep up with what they what they need to do and the, the real, real sort of X factor that we were talking about, I think that is Chris Gale. That is the X factor player in this team. But I just I just have concerns about his consistency to score big runs. But in saying that, if he's in for 10 overs, you know that they're going to be off to a flying start and, and he's done his job. So yeah. so he's my sort of X factor there. The the local player the local player that I wanted to talk about was Ashdeep Singh. So he's a left armer. 21 years old he's he's played through the age groups in india uh he played three games for the king's 11 punjab last year uh but he was extremely expensive i think uh in terms of balance of their side i think that he probably needs to step up and if he can if he can execute what he needs to do that will free up a, a lot of space for their for their lineup in terms of balance that's going to be the big thing. All of this, eh? is finding your, you're getting your Indian local players to perform, yeah, and then make, and that way you can bring in the overseas player to fill those gaps. It feels to me like this Kings Eleven side are going to need one or two of these unheralded local Indian players to have a really big tournament for them if they're going to push for that that final four berth, right? Yeah, hundred percent. It, it it is on that local talent. Whereas if you look at yep. a lot of other teams, they've got some real, real game changes uh, in in those squads. So. The key player for me here is KL Rahul. He is yeah. he is the um, we saw when he was here in New Zealand in the one day as he got an eighty eight not out in a hundred I believe he might have been the only hundred that was scored in that that tour. Um, yeah. I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, he's a good player and he must fire. He and he keeps fire. wicket captains um opens the batting probably. Mm. Yeah, I so, think yeah, so. he's got a 
a lot on his a lot on his plate. Paul Rand, I think, keeps wicket as he well. He does yeah. keep wicket as well, but I don't know what way they're going. I know that I, Rahul I, I wants to I've keep. Seen, yeah, I think I've seen Kumble say yeah. Rahul's going to keep. keep. It'll be tough to get all of those international players into that one side. If Gale's a lock and you would think that he is, then... Is he, do you reckon he is? I, I think, it, yeah, so I, I'm not sure he's a lock, and I think, I, I'll come back to that thick and fast, the games are going to come. I wonder whether, Gail's probably in your 11 if you, you know, you're picking that best 11 for the Kings Punjab, mm. but I think they're going to have to rotate him because, you know, you, we've seen him in the field. Mm. He, you know, and look, he's lacked mobility in the field for a long, long time. It's, you know, that's not going to come as a surprise to anyone, but... Backing up the amount of games they're going to have to play um, and hiding him in, in the field is going to be something they're going to need to. It depends if they're low-scoring games as well. If they're low-scoring games, a guy that's a liability mm. or that's a negative in the field is going to hurt you a lot more than if it's 195 versus you know two, 200 plus. And that's the thing. His upside was worth it yeah. uh, when, when, he was, when he was a bit younger and he was scoring those big runs quickly and consistently. But um, yeah, you just can't hide anybody in the field these days mm. with the range of shots they've got. So... It is a bit of a um, a bit of a, like a gamble there or a risk. Uh, so my prediction here is is probably, I'll say in the bottom half of the table is what I'm going to say. In the B, there. in somewhere in the B league. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have really here for King, Kings Punjab eleven. Binksy, over to you for for KKR. Well, look, I, I picked KKR, and yeah, look, I think for sim- pretty simple reasons, really. Um, They've got the man, Andre Russell, who I personally think he would be my first pick as a T20 player. I know I think Rashid Khan is ranked higher than him, but I think when we talk about that um, triple threat player, to use that basketball phrase, you know, Andre Russell has got it all. You know, he can pass, he can shoot, and he can dribble. Um, And I think the other component here for me is we've got a, you know, we've got a decent English contingent um, in that side as well. So Harry Gurney, a really interesting guy, sort of 33 years old. Um, yeah, has been a bit of a, a stalwart on that sort of T20 circuit. He's played some big bash cricket. He's obviously played in um, the UK competition, but has not really gone on to those sort of um, greater international honours yet, although he sniffed around that kind of England squad. We've got Tom Banton as well, has been picked up for... Um, a craw, which is 140,000 USD. I like the look of him, re- really, really do. I don't know whether he gets into the to, to the side where you've got the likes of Sonny Narine, Andre Russell, Owen Morgan, amongst others, as your overseas players. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's he's an exciting um, an exciting prospect. If I look at you know my my Indian um, players, um, I'm going to go for one that, that's you know probably relatively obvious. I really like the look of Shubman Gill. Um, I think he offers quite a lot um, at the top of the order there. Young guy, uh, you know, I think one of the, you know, the breed of, of cricketers that has come off the back of what Coley's done in and around that Indian side. He wants people to be good fielders. He wants them to be those kind of three-dimensional cricketers. And I think he adds um, adds a hell of a lot. Have, but you, have you seen his birthday? His birthday? He's 20. Yeah. 9th of September, 1999. That's Scary, weird, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, look, it, it is, and you know, I'm sure when uh, when the KKR lift the Trophy Hill party, just like it is 1999, <laughs> as Prince uh, I think said. But look, um, I really like the balance that you know that side's got. They've got a cool deep Yadav in it as a as a bit of a you know a, a mystery spinner, so to speak, or certainly someone who's got all of the toolbox. Bordy, I mean, you, you must love watching him bowl. I love him, and I also love Sunil Narine, who can bowl everything off off any finger. Also, has opened the batting in the CPL quite a bit. I'm not sure if that's a recent thing or not, but was, it seems like he's I, opening the batting now. I was stunned as well, and then I realised that I've been 
like I've had my eyes closed about him because he's been doing it in the CPL for a couple of years now okay. and performing really well and, and doing it in the IPL. And he is classed in the all-rounders there. So yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, yeah. Very, very impressed. Handy pace attack, lots of pace in the Kolkata Knight Riders. Yeah, and, and again, you've got that sort of ability to rotate, particularly with your overseas players. So, you know, you, you'd say, um, you know, Lockie's got obviously got some, you know, got some speed. Um, there you've got Paddy Cummins as well. Um, so you know whether or not they both play in that, you know, in that great side. To just see them go th- it, both at, at either end. I don't I, think we will, but it'd be great if they did, wouldn't well, it? Yeah. And look, Dre Russ gets it down, mm. you know, in in those kind of short um, short spells. So look, I think a lot of depth, a lot of T Twenty um, experience, and then some, you know, some real real class as well. Um, coached by, uh, you know, Brendan McCullum as well. So um, Kiwi link with with uh, Brendan and and Lockie there as well. A um, lot of IPL experience, so um, pretty good form at the moment with the with his other night riders nine and zero. Well, yeah, no, exactly. So look, I, that's uh, yeah, that's the the KKR. Do you, do you think that they're expect expecting runs from Pat Cummins? Well, we we talked about this a little bit in that Australia um, England scenario where you've got the likes of an Agar at seven. You've got mm. I forget who batted eight. Was it Cummins at eight? Um, but you, you've yeah, got that yeah, kind of. Yeah, he go- normally does. You're yeah, stuck in the mix there as well. Yeah. You're expecting runs off those guys. I don't know whether he's the guy that averages you twenty, batting mm. at eight or nine. He might be the guy that comes in and you know uses that those long levers and and, and gets you a couple away. And look, we've we've talked about it already. Might be low scoring games, so you know someone that can bop the ball out of the park. You know, twelve off four balls. All of a sudden, he's a a pretty handy little effort. So yeah, I, I think they probably are. Seeing Cummins as someone that can can think, hold, hold I, the willow as well. I think if he plays, he has to bet in that sort of eight range for them. And and do you want to speak about Chris Green because you've mentioned him a couple of times? I think I don't know as much about Chris Green, Stuart. You know a little bit more about him, um, having watched um, or followed him for GAW. Um, yeah, I, I just as I said before in the this week in cricket, I've just been really impressed with his maturity. I guess and and to be leading a side at, at twenty two, he's you know he's had some obviously good performances on the field as well. Um, yeah, I I mean I think he's going to really struggle to get a run here in, in this side, but because especially given the fact they've got Noreen and you know they've got Morgan Cummins Russell, like it's just going to be hard for him to play, mm. but. Yeah, I think he's someone, obviously, Australian cricket is, is going to be excited about for, for a few years to come. So that wraps up part one of our IPL preview as we went through the first four teams alphabetically. We are back in your feed in two or three days' time with teams five through eight. We did talk about the Chennai Super Kings. Of course, a shout-out to Mike Hussey, who is batting coach of the CSK. Check out his podcast with us where he spoke to us for just over an hour in your feed an awesome episode one that still gives us goosebumps when we're thinking about it but with this week in cricket and our ipl preview part one that wraps up this episode of the top order podcast see you in the feed in two or three days time